Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 and your favorite Garden Wise guys. One of them is me, Jim Borland. The other one is the other guy over there, Keith Funk. Well, good morning. I, I, <laughs> left, I left a little pregnant pause there, think, wondering if you've remembered your name. I do. I do. I've remembered <laughs> it for all these years. Yes. I understand you had a late night adventure last night. Oh, Lord. I mean, I learned a lesson. <laughs> I learned a very important lesson. Yeah. Well, several of them, as a matter of well, fact. Well, yeah, yeah. But 11 o'clock last night, I was sound asleep. Fire alarm went off somewhere in the house. <laughs> that is never good. Never good. <laughs> At least I thought it was a fire alarm. It happened to be one of those uh, combo alarms, fire alarm and carbon monoxide alarm mm-hmm. in the basement. Okay. But I'm sure, like most houses, once the alarm goes off, you're wondering... Which alarm is going off? Yes. It's like I mean, is it fire? All, is it CO2? <laughs> or is it carbon di- carbon monoxide? Or is it the same alarm for both? <laughs> I didn't know. And is it in the kitchen, the living room, or is it <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to locate this <laughs> strange sound. That it just seems to come from everywhere. Yeah, it does. You're right. And uh, so I, one <clears> lesson <throat> I learned was... You know, I, I'm not supposed to get up on a ladder or a step stool anymore well, because of my leg. Sure. Well, guess where that alarm is? <laughs> Definitely out of arm's reach. Yes, eight feet up. <laughs> <laughs> so getting it down was an interesting thing. Um, then having to go online, trying to figure out which alarm it was. So that the next lesson I learned is get two separate alarms. <laughs> All of which, t- during which time, you don't know whether it's carbon monoxide. I don't. And whether or not you're going to last long enough. Well, I don't. Well, oh, maybe I do have a headache. Well, maybe I do feel sick. You know, it's like your body starts to play mind tricks with you. It does. And so, it, and then, you know, like I said, it was 11 o'clock at night. I was fast asleep. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Try to get back to sleep after that. Yeah, yeah. I was able to find it online. On my phone, it gave me a it gave me a recording of what the fire alarm sounded like versus the the carbon monoxide yeah. uh, alarm. And fortunately, it was two different alarms on the same unit. Okay, but and I'm you, buying two separate units <laughs> to replace it. It, w- it just happened to be a long story short, too late. Um, it, it was defective. Yeah, there was no smoke, and obviously, you know, not not a CO alarm, but. I so didn't like that at all. You were like two years into a 10-year <laughs> <laughs> piece of equipment, right? Yeah, it said replace after 10 years because it was one of those that is not, doesn't have replaceable batteries. Again, I, I don't know why I bought that. but uh, Ours is always replaceable, always, always a battery. Is yours, is yours hooked up electronically to the fire department? No, uh, but we do have hardwired ones in the house. 
that don't require batteries, yeah. but do have batteries have in batteries case no fi- no electricity. Yeah. Um, and I, I think those might be hooked up to our home security system to notify yeah. the fire department. But this happened to be just a standalone unit that I had put downstairs for, for, for primarily for the carbon monoxide. Yeah, for the furnace. Yeah. Uh-huh, for the furnace. I don't know why I bought a combo. I really <laughs> don't because there was already a fire alarm down there. Well, because it was probably cheaper than buying them separately. Maybe so. <clears throat> that that would be my I'm not doing that again. Okay. I'm going I'm going to go out today and I'm going to buy two separate units. There you go. With batteries. With batteries. <laughs> Replaceable batteries. Yeah, right. <laughs> that you're going to mark in your calendar replace every what do they recommend every I, 6 months, certainly every year. Well, they start to chirp at you after a while. <laughs> yeah. And that that that's fine with me, but I'm going to I'm going to write on the side on the outside of the housing since it's in the unfinished basement what date I install it. Yep. Good idea. Good idea. I think we've done that with uh, most of ours. Yeah, that, and then you try to figure out how do you stop that beeping. Now but I'm also going to I'm also going to install it in a location <coughs> that I can reach from standing on the floor. Good idea. <laughs> and what time did you finally get back to sleep? Again? I don't know. <laughs> it was definitely after midnight. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about these things. It's actually very serious. It is, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I was freaking out about. It. I thought, well, maybe it is a carbon monoxide alarm because yeah. you can't smell that. No, I can tell that there's no smoke, so that eliminated that. So okay. why is it going off? Well, it must be carbon <coughs> monoxide. I, I better call the fire department. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, I want the fire department here waking up the whole neighborhood at eleven <laughs> o'clock at night, <laughs> <laughs> banging on your door three times before they. <laughs> Smash it down. Smash it down. <laughs> yeah. Should I should I get my wife and kids out? Or <laughs> wife and kids. Dogs. My dogs out. Outside right now? Right while now. While I'm looking this up on the internet to find out what the alarm sounds yeah, like. Yeah, meanwhile it's 10 degrees outside. Yeah. Yeah. Fun and, yes, fun and frivolity <clears throat> in the home. Hey, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. That's why we're actually here. And the way this operates is that you come up with a garden question. You know, something has been bugging you. Something you just thought about last, you know, a minute ago, and give us a call. 303-477-2473 is the number to get in here and talk with the Garden Wise Guys on Legends A10. And having done all of that, one thing I can't, I can't wait any longer. This is, <clears throat> I, I was, I was stunned. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Last couple of, actually, probably the last couple of months now, Keith and I have been talking about these indoor plants called colocasias or allocasias. They're two different genera. They look somewhat similar when they're growing. Uh, great for outdoor use, you know, on your patio. You'll be the talk of your neighborhood if you grow one of these. Out in Com- the, yeah, know. common name elephant ears. Elephant ears. Yeah. Big, big giant leaves. Um, very dramatic. And they come in uh, mostly green, but they're now coming out with black ones. I mean, these leaves look black. Not deep purple, but black. Anyway, there was one... Colocasia, an elephant ear, that was sold recently. Its name is Redemption, so if you should see that in the garden center somewhere, pick it up. It's black-leaved with hot pink centers to the leaf. Ooh. Yeah, really. That sounds interesting. <laughs> I think so, too. Now, are you ready to pony up what it's sold for? Oh, Lord, tell $12, me. $12,525. Wow. <clears throat> yep. I'm I'm hoping that person figures 
he can do cuttings <laughs> or tissue culture and and sell them <clears throat> for you know big bucks until everybody has one <clears throat> and the price will come down to a buck to 298 that's right but yeah i wonder if they have the tissue culture thing figured <coughs> out with, with those things oh they do um uh brent and becky uh offers a bunch of these uh, most of which are done tissue culture wise and you you know pay big bucks for them and you get a like a two and a half inch pot of potted plant yeah all from tissue culture so yeah they're they figured out how to do that thank goodness and there's a really neat one out there that I, I don't know if I, I I forget if I ordered it or not it's called Hawaii something but it's a dark dark green leaf with a white center oh I've seen that one yes. is that Mauna Loa could be Mauna Loa yep there's I a breeder know. in Hilo Hawaii of all places that is breeding these and uh, I suspect this is one of his because there's one called Hilo Beauty also yeah Hilo Beauty yep now those are colocations <laughs> I think you're right yep I find them a little bit more difficult they're a little bit more heat demanding than the allocations that could be right at least in my basement, under lights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's the the determining factor. That's right. And if you don't have room, why give Keith a call? He'll he'll grow them up for you. No, <laughs> <laughs> my basement is full, <laughs> full to overflowing. Yeah, Which, really. by the way, I have started. Uh, the cannas have decided that they're going to grow. Yeah, they I are. I don't care how dry and cold I keep them; yeah. they're going to grow. Yep, they are. So before they lose their vigor. You know, they, before they just run out of f stored reserves in their rhizomes, yep. I decided, okay, well, I'll put them under lights and start growing them. And, and what I'm going to have to do, because they're going to be way too big and floppy yep. Yep. by the time it's ready to put them out, what I'm going <laughs> to have to do then is sometime <coughs> in early April, maybe, mid-April, mid cut them to the ground again so that they're short and stocky mm -hmm. when I want to set them out and harden them off to yep. go outdoors. Yep. I made the mistake last year of letting them get tall and trying to, number one, move them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> outdoors. Um, they didn't really like being moved around because they're not, they're not exposed to any wind or any kind of stress in the oh, basement. Yeah. So the stems weren't able yep. to support themselves yep. during that. So I had to stake them all. Mm -hmm. And then they never really <coughs> did as well as if they had grown outside from the ground up. Yeah, so yeah, and especially if you want to separate them sometime yeah. in the early late winter, mm -hmm. uh, those tall stems, are, like you said, are pretty, pretty fragile, and you end up busting a bunch of them. Oh yeah. yeah, so, and then if you don't harden them off properly, or or good enough, according to the plant, then as soon as you start to move them out into more sun, yeah, they scorch. They scorch. Yep. Well, then you know you've got to start from scratch. Yep. So I'm going to just make sure that in April I cut them way back again so that I have all fresh new stuff coming up before I set them out. Good idea. Do you have a hardening off place to put them? I do, under my deck. Good idea, yes. <clears throat> Good place for it. Yeah. it's um, Unless, of course, the deck gets removed. Well, it's supposed to get removed this month <coughs> and replaced. <laughs> Are you holding your breath? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but the wood's already been bought, right? Um, I hope so. No. Okay. <laughs> that was the plan. That was the plan. You know, and I, and I told my contractor, I said, get it bought because 
those mar- the Marshall fires are going to make prices of everything go up yep. in construction. Now, do you need chips in any of that? Any chips? Computer chips? No chips. Okay. No, no computer <laughs> chips required for deck construction. All right. You're safe there then. Yeah. <laughs> any structural steel? <laughs> I'll just go to my neighbor's. <laughs> Tell my contractor, get those chips out of that car over there yeah, that's yeah. parked in the street. Yeah. I don't even know where they are. I don't either. <laughs> is, is there a, a, a chip box? I, I don't know. Just follow the wires <laughs> until you come to a chip. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seeded anything I, what, what I, I, uh, I, I I'm growing. So, speaking of colocasias and alocasias and cannas are in the same family, as I recall. Um I'm I'm sowing I sowed some seeds from the canna musifolia. Mm, okay. That big leafed canna. Yeah, the big leafed one. And they don't come up all at the same time. They, yeah, they come up when they damn well feel like. Did you like nick them? I nicked them. All yes, right. I did. You might and, want to explain what that means. Uh that means uh in my case I take these seeds and they're big enough to hold between your two fingers and you just take a very fine file and file down through the seed coat. It has a very hard, yeah, water impermeable. Yes, seed and, coat. And, and the seed coat is is black, and you know you filed long enough when you come up with another color. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so I did that with all of them, and like I said, they're they're coming up when they feel like it. And you and you file them like that just so that the water can get, can get into in. the seed and then encourage germination yeah. rather than having to wait for weeks and weeks and weeks or years or years <laughs> in, in some cases. Yes, so some seeds are needing that. Yeah, so that's what I did, and like. I probably have about seven or eight of them now. Is that right? Finally, yeah. And they're not coming up red. Uh, some of them came up with a tinge of reddishness in the leaves, and those have since turned green. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them just come up green, hmm. which is fine. I'd, I'd like to have a, a green one as well as my red ones, red-leafed ones. Yeah, because it'll still be the big leaf. Yeah. 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 That would well, be like, cool. It's like spider plants, right? You. Take the variegated spider plants, and if you take seed off of that and yes. sow it, it always comes up plain green. Just plain green, yep. And I've done, and I have four, I think four spider plants. One is just all green. One is uh, variegated with white on the inside of the leaf. Mm-hmm. And another one is variegated with white on the outside edge of the leaf. And they have a completely different growth habit. From what I've seen, no, these are these are fairly fairly uh, equ- equitable. Oh, is that right? Um, okay. And I've taken seed from both of those and grown it, and they come up green. Yeah. And the other one they have is is a curly leafed one. Oh. And it's very compact. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Well, I've started pulling cuttings off of those, pulling the spiders, if you want to call them that, or airplanes, off of off of my stock plants and and potting them up. Now, is yours. White on the inside or white on the outside? I don't remember. <laughs> I've seen pictures. I don't remember either. I've got three great, <coughs> big, monstrous plants. Yeah, I mean, they must be plants. three feet across. Yeah, they're beautiful plants. And and they're great out on the shady patio mm-hmm. during the summer. And uh, they're just, just very impressive. Well, you know, I, I, uh, I'll have to go back and look at your posting on Facebook of those and figure out which one you have. I can give you the other one. I don't want any more. Oh, come on. Okay, fine. See how hard that was? <laughs> they could always use more plants. <laughs> I seeded a uh, uh, Rudbeckia this week. Which one? I don't know. 
it was one that I found at a client's house um, that I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. And it was Herta, I'm sure. Yeah. Rebecca Herta. But it was a smaller flower, just very quaint, almost wildflower looking plant. And it bloomed all summer there, just constantly sending up more flowers. So a perennial? Apparently, yeah. Okay. It, it seems to be a perennial. And so I asked the maintenance crew not to cut back a couple of the stems yeah. so that I could collect some ripe seed off of it. And they, they did. They Oh, good for them. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've, got a, I've got a spice container. <laughs> <laughs> Full, full of seed. Of seed. Yeah. yeah. Which is enough to populate half of America. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not very big seed. And uh, so I seeded some yesterday or the day before. I just want to check for viability. And make oh, sure yeah. that the seed is good. Yeah. It may be, they may be mules. It could be. You can't tell sometimes just from the look of the seed. No. Whether it's germinatable or not. That's right. Is that a word? Hey, is anybody out there uh, uh, collected seed off of their... Off of their plants outdoors, bedding plants or perennials, what have you, and are, are trying to grow them, why, give us a call. We want to know how that's turning out for you. Or if you have questions about that, we can probably answer that here. I mean, we have we have access to Mr. Google. That's right. So he, if we don't know the answer, Mr. Google can direct us to the, the right place. That's right. Oh, and I've been, uh, I, I've ordered some more... <clears throat> some more LED replacement tubes mm -hmm. for my T5 fixtures, and that's working out well. The plants seem to be responding really well. My, a friend of mine in the orchid group has a light meter that measures LED light. Measured it in joules. Uh, they measured it in some kind of letters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, so it's not the same sort of light meter you can use on fluorescent or incandescent bulbs. No. And she let me borrow it, thank you, because it's expensive. Yeah. Um, it turns out that I had a couple of them a little too high up off the ground, so I lowered them. But um, for the most part, just replacing them one-to-one -one with the T5s, fluorescent it's, it's bulbs, working is, is working out <coughs> quite nicely. Oh, and if I save 50 or 60% <coughs> on my electric bill, uh, of the electricity that the T5s were using, let me put it that way, um, that will be significant once I get them all replaced. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it still wasn't as expensive as heating a greenhouse like I used to. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get much heat off of those LEDs, do you? No. No, not at all. Yeah. Which is a concern of mine because the T5 fixtures, well, I, they, they might still because they, there are ballasts. Yeah. And the heat comes from the... Some ballast. of it comes from the ballast. Yep. Not much from the bulbs. But the, um, well, I don't know. You, have you ever tried to take out a T5 bulb that had been running for an hour or two? You can't do it with your bare fingers. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, but, you know, I, I rely on the heat from those fixtures to heat up that room during the day to give me my temperature change from day to night. Yep. I was at Hobby Lobby yesterday <clears throat> and happened to run across a, a stand full of Weird lights, all LEDs, mm. all kinds of things. Really fascinating-looking things. Things you take home and you know, plug in and, and and look at it for an hour, and then and then put it <laughs> put it in the cellar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one, of the, one of those. <laughs> fascinating for about an hour. Uh, but there was a package of what looked like silver wires. Mm -hmm. 
and it had LED on somewhere up on the on, on the backing of it. I said, Where are the LEDs? You had to look really close to see them. They are really, really tiny. Is that is what I call rice lights? Where they look like little tiny grains oh, these of are rice? Smaller than grains. Smaller of than grains. Yes, of rice. I was oh. I was surprised because I thought it was just plain wire. Hmm. What are you selling a package of silver wire? You know, decoration. Okay, I get that. But there were LED. They were and the wire must have been plastic enclosed because they were LEDs. Oh, embedded. Embedded. In huh. And and if you st- and if you're my age and you stand back ten feet, you couldn't see them. You couldn't see them. <laughs> <laughs> Even with classes. <laughs> well, I just wanted to point out that if you are looking at changing over from fluorescent to LEDs to grow like, grow plants, <coughs> make sure you're getting LEDs that are designed for plant growth. Yeah, not 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 under counter under counter kitchen lights. Right, those aren't. Right, you want to make sure that the LEDs <coughs> that you're buying are supplying the right wavelengths of light. Yeah, and they won't be white, by the way. No, but you can get them to be white. You yeah. just have to add that extra diode in there to give you the white light. Yeah, if you want that. For a more normal-looking plant, which I prefer. Normal-looking, and if you're taking pictures, yeah. it'll turn out looking a little more normal. Yeah, otherwise it's kind of a bluey red. Yeah. And that plant looks weird. Yeah. And I, I prefer to my plants look not weird. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of work going into official work, people with uh, white coats and clipboards. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to figure out what is the best combination of LED, we ha- and make it simple here, colors to mm-hmm. use. Uh, and none of them are white, by the way. No. They're red or green, mm-hmm. typically. That's all you get. You can add other colors if you want. Um, and to figure out where, uh, where, where to mount these things, what the intensity is, and they measure it in all kinds of funny, funny figures that you have to have. Have to have a it's certainly not foot candles have anymore. Have to have a degree <laughs> in physics to to figure out what the heck they're talking about. Yeah, but uh, they're coming up with different combinations for different crops. Mm, okay, indoors, of course. I'm talking mm-hmm. about because um, um, lettuce takes something different than carrots. I would imagine that they're also looking at changing the proportions of the different wavelengths yes. with the season. With the season and the stage of growth. Sure. Now we're, we're talking about a number of factors here that become very difficult to figure out. Mm-hmm. There's no formula for it. So there's a lot of research going into figuring out if you're going to start up a greenhouse, you know, growing an acre of baby green lettuce, mm-hmm. then this is the combination to, to use. You don't, you don't want to go out there and f- experiment yourself. No. Because LED fixtures, although the prices have come way down on they this. They have, yeah. Uh, it's still expensive. You're going to fill up an entire greenhouse full of it. I just bought, and it just surprised the heck out of me. It was a highly recommended brand called Barina, B-A-R-R-I-N-A. And I just bought eight four-foot LED bars. Now, bars. these aren't just replacement tubes. These are bars. Mm-hmm. They're the size of a replacement <coughs> tube. But you plug them in individually, so they have their own power source and everything. Um, and you don't have to have a you don't have to have a standalone fixture to put them into. 
You can mount them in shelves. You can mount them anywhere you want. They come with zip ties and sticky pads and yeah, screws yeah. and clamps. and come with all the mounting information and hardware you could possibly want. I bought eight of them for 80 bucks delivered. And delivered, so... That's. Um, that, I mean, to me, that was just mind blowing. It was I, that, it is. That, that they were that cheap. Um, hook them up in series. Yes, you can daisy chain up to eight of them together, okay. which I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a break. We haven't received a phone call yet. We'd love to hear from you. Are you using LEDs? Thinking of using them? Why well, give us a call and we can talk about that. Here's the number to call: three zero three four seven seven two four seventy three twenty four seventy three all of which occurs right here on Legends A10. It's time to fall in love all over again. Valentine's Day is Monday, February 14th. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we deliver romance. Surprise her at work on Friday and impress her coworkers, or start the weekend off with a special delivery at home for the weekend celebration. We have just the thing to take her breath away. Send beautiful roses in shades of red and pink or a colorful spring mix of garden flowers. It's easy to give a gift of nature. Order online at www.lafayetteflorist.com and see all of our Valentine specials. Call us and speak with one of our floral specialists or stop by. We're open daily. Spread the love. Don't forget a friendly bouquet for Valentine's Day or a special floral hug for your mom and something for him. Choose a masculine floral bouquet or a houseplant for his desk. Guys love flowers too. Lafayette Florist is your one-stop Valentine's Day shop. Add a finishing touch with balloons, plush bears, and gourmet chocolates. We deliver next door and all around the world. Order now to reserve your Valentine's Day flowers. Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Contact us at 303-665-5555 or www.lafayetteflorist.com and we'll help you express your love. Happiness guaranteed. Spring is right around the corner, and we couldn't be more excited to get our gardens growing. If you're in need of seed, Botanical Interests has you covered this season. Their carefully chosen varieties are third-party tested to ensure successful germination rates, so you can be confident that you're getting high-quality seed every time. Not only are their seeds non-GMO project verified, but they also set you up for success by providing detailed sowing instructions and organic gardening advice inside each seed packet. With over 600 gardener-approved varieties to choose from, including tried-and-true heirlooms, organic seeds, native varieties, and easy-to-grow essentials, there's sure to be something for everyone. Find Botanical Interests high-quality seeds at thousands of independent garden centers across the country or online at botanicalinterests.com. Did you fight a yard full of pesky weeds last year? Fertilome has a solution for that. Stop those weed seeds from ever coming up with Fertilome for All Seasons, one of the longest-lasting weed preventers on the market. It will prevent crabgrass, spurge, purslane, and other weeds for up to six months. So apply it early and let it do the work. It also has a unique blend of slow-release fertilizer that contains important micronutrients, including iron, that will green up your yard all summer long. Use the product the professionals use, Fertilome for All Seasons. Look for Fertilome for All Seasons at these and other independent garden centers. Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Tagawa Garden Center in Centennial, and Wilmore Nursery in Littleton. Be sure to tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you.
And we are back. Taking your phone calls, should you give us a call? We have one call in here. We have room for many more. So uh, don't delay. Give us a call, 303-477-2473 is the phone number. I know that's a long number. We should get, can we get a shorter number, uh, Sean? <clears throat> yeah, just two or three digits. Yeah, two or three digits. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that would be very nice. And I'm sure they'll come up with that later on. I don't know how they're going to do that. Maybe with this new computer system that's, that runs on, I don't know, well, it runs on electricity, but has an entirely different way of, of figuring out how to put stuff on a screen. What's just that? Quantum. Quantum, quantum computers. What? Quantum computers. Quantum computing. Should, that sounds complicated. Should they ever get it up and running? Well, I forget the numbers. It was incredible how on a small package you can get a computer that is i think they had said it was something like a hundred thousand times faster than the biggest computer on the market today good lord and we're talking about computers that take up rooms yeah you know the big cray would just be the cray computer but these seem mag magnificent computing power yeah i mean they can do a hundred thousand things in a second well, this is 100,000 times faster than that. So it actually will have an answer for you before you even ask the question. Yes. Okay. That's pretty cool. It involves electrons being in two different places at the same time. <laughs> oh, God. It being both positive and time travel. negative. The time travel. It, it is. And <laughs> here, one class in physics won't do it, people. <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> You're going to need a PhD to understand how this thing works. But they're still working on it. Well, One day. Now for something completely different. Let's go talk to Bob out in Aurora right. about his spider plants. Good morning, Bob. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Uh, I got a question for you. I got uh, two spider plants. They're two and a half years old, and they both went gangbusters. I was, my, they just went crazy. Yeah. Human. And about a month ago, I lost one because I don't know what happened to it. And then the other one, I still got it, and I was pulling off uh, some dead leaves, uh -huh. and I pulled up part of the root. Yeah. And on the root was a uh, like an eighth inch diameter and and an inch and a half long, uh, kind of a beige color. And I was trying to figure out what that was. Is that kind of fleshy? Is it what? Was it fleshy looking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's the roots on the airplane plant. Yeah, big, thick, yeah. almost tuberous-like roots. And I found that over the years, if you have the same pot, same plant in the same pot, the roots get so large they'll push the whole plant up and out of the pot. Huh. Okay. So it might be time to tear the whole thing apart, uh, rip rip up the the original plant, and you know throw away the excess or or pot those up separately. And uh, start over again. Oh, okay. Now, I usually I usually cut off all the airplanes. It just makes it easier to handle. Yeah, well, I got I got very few of those. Well, take what you've got and and pot them up separately, just in case anything happens to the main plant. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. That'll do. Okay. Well, thanks Thank for your call, you guys Bob. All the time. Well, great. We appreciate that. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Bye. 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 
Yeah, mine are all starting to airplane again. I have them hanging outside in the summertime, and they just put out airplanes all over the place. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I bring them in, it's just too much stuff to handle. So I pull all the pull. Now I guess I cut them all off. Mm-hmm. So they're bare except for the leaves. My my airplanes are producing airplanes. Yes. They'll do that. <clears throat> I don't cut them off until they fall off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just like the way that waterfall of plants oh, yeah. coming yeah. down. I have them, um, most of them planted in <clears throat> tall tall pots or, or urns that are on our pedestal so that the, oh, yeah. the main plant is well above the ground. I don't have to hang them. Yeah. I, and uh, that, that seems to work quite well. Oh, yeah, it does. But it they does. do outgrow the pot. Yeah. I mean, even, even in a large pot, they'll eventually outgrow even a large pot because yes. they are such vigorous yeah. root producers. And if you take them up, sometimes I've taken them up and found, I don't know where the soil went. Yeah. It's all gone. They sucked it up. And nothing there but fleshy roots. Mm-hmm. Thick, fleshy roots. And and you know that that can't last long. Well. I mean, it's got to have no. something to grow in. I'm wondering, how does it live like that? And what did they do with all that soil? <laughs> did they well, eat that, it? That's why they produce so many airplanes, so they can just keep crawling out, and then the main oh, plant right. dies, and by then it's produced a whole bunch of new ones. Yep. It'll take over your house if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. You gotta be, I, I have to be careful because they have a tendency to send out these airplanes and then they'll go into the pot next to it yep. of something else. <laughs> that's right. And if you're not watching, that's right. it only takes a, a week <coughs> or two. That's right. <laughs> and they're firmly And they're in. in there. <laughs> you can't pull them out. You've got to <laughs> dig them out. That's right. And the first airplanes that come out are like, like on three-foot stems that they mm-hmm. go almost horizontal a lot. Yeah. And then they hang down with, with age, but... When you when you do propagate these things, just grab one of those airplanes, yank it off the stem, have a four-inch pot ready with some potting soil, yep. and just kind of shove it down in the middle. That's all yep. you have to do. That's and it. water it. And water it. And in a week, it'll be rooted in. Yep. I Pretty mean, cool. More than likely, there's already preformed roots at the base of that airplane before you even pull it off the mother right. plant. And if you have a very humid environment, those roots will continue growing in the air. In the air, yeah. I have some, um, what are they called? Oh, those big platter succulents uh, with uh, the flat leaves. Some of them are black. Some of them are variegated. And I want Echeveria? Is that it? Could be. Hmm. Or Echeveria, some people call it. Yeah, yeah Echeveria. I think that's what they are. Um, they produce a tall stalk after a while. You know, they yeah. just keep growing up, and then they branch. And well, those those tall stalks, those stems, those bare naked stems, mm-hmm. will send out aerial roots. Yes. yes. And 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 again, if you let them just grow, <coughs> they'll grow into other plant pots, mm-hmm. and then they'll root in, and then you can't move anything because <laughs> <laughs> it's all interconnected. One giant plant. Yeah. So you. Uh, well, when I bring my hanging cactus in off the porch from the summer, um, put them in the back room, and lots of plants in there get stuffed with plants in the wintertime. So the humidity is, is, I have no idea what it is, but much higher than usual. Mm. And all the all my hanging cactus will start sending roots out oh. all along the stem. Wow. Preferably, mostly at the end, just because the humidity is that high. Mm-hmm. Well, I go through and I just break those roots off yeah uh, the stems because 
I know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, if you have any any animals around, you know, they'll no root into your animal if it happens to lie underneath <laughs> of it. So be careful. No kidding. Let's see what else is going on. Well, I have found a new echinacea that's been released, a one right. called Prima Tiger from Terra Nova. It's a good looking red. Nice looking red. Called Tiger? Echinacea. Tiger. A red one? Prima Tiger. Yeah, I don't know where the tiger and the red come from, but I don't make these things up. Okay. <laughs> Somebody else does. Anyway, that brings the number of the 744 of Echinacea cultivars have been released since 1994. Well, this last week at the Denver, what do you call that, convention center, uh, there's been a trade show going on, an industry trade show that's available to professionals in the green industry called the Pro Green Expo. It's really not open to the general public. Mm -hmm. And there's a, 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 <coughs> a track of, of educational classes that goes along during the same time as the trade show. Yes. <coughs> and apparently Mike Bone mentioned you. Uh-oh. Um, it was I don't think I don't know what he was talking about, but it, for some reason he was talking about echeveria or not uh, um, echinaceas. Oh, okay, yeah. And he mentioned you and your record keeping <laughs> okay. of all the new varieties. All right. I had several friends email me say, "Hey, guess what?" Well, I got a number of people come up and say, "What's that number again of echinaceas?" <laughs> <laughs> so I have to remember that number. It's a it's a loose collection in my mind only, only as I happen to find them on the internet. If, if they make introductions and make a splash. Oh, I thought you spent hours oh, no. searching the internet. No. I did that way back when. Yeah. But uh, I now know that there are only a couple of people in the world that are doing this. So those are the people I keep track of. Well, while I was at the Pro Green Show, yes. I picked up, for you and me, uh, the, the new um, plant, plant select. select Thank introductions. you. Introductions. Yeah. My mind went blank there. I need more sleep. No more alarms, please. Um, the Plant Select pro, uh, brochure for this year, for yeah. 2022, with all the new <coughs> introductions that are coming out. And I thought we might talk about those a little bit. Do you have a particular favorite? Have you looked at it long well, enough I to figure it out? Just briefly looking through there. I, for some reason in, in my life, I've been attracted uh, by shrubs more than I have with perennials okay I, I you know i don't know why that happens just it's just natural it's the way my brain worked and the one shrub that they're introducing i think it's the only woody plant that they're introducing looking at this brochure is one called uh guernsey green juniper you know who needs another juniper well this is one that was i'm assuming i haven't read the, the text on it yet uh it's uh, found in the windy prairie prairies of eastern wyoming where it was native I don't say it's native, but in any event, it was found in eastern Wyoming. Well, it's a horizontalis. Is that yeah. native to Well, it Wyoming? is further north. I didn't know it was in eastern Wyoming, though. Okay. But anyway, this is one that <clears throat> they have the height on it. Yeah, it gets only three inches tall. That's short. <coughs> nice little ground cover. Yes, Evergreen. it is. I, I think I need one. And I, that's one of, the th one of the things I've found about junipers is um, the ground cover varieties, I think, have a tremendous use here in Colorado. I think so. With our, with our low humidity, our low water usage, yep. that sort of thing. And with our lack of evergreen plants, uh, as, as yes. far as ground covers go. 
And, uh, you know, it makes a nice combination with manzanita because manzanita has the larger, more coarse leaf. And then you yep. put a juniper next to it. You have that nice textural and mm-hmm, color mm-hmm. difference co- uh, contrast. Um, it'll spread out, what, it says five to ten feet across. I would, uh, in the right situation with a little bit of extra moisture, it probably would root as it goes. Zone four, uh, you would figure that coming from Wyoming. Northeastern Wyoming, yeah. And uh, it looks like it would be one that would cascade nicely over uh, a wall uh, or something like just that. Just about to say that, yes, that's where it, it, it's going to look its best, I think. But it's not the kind of juniper that will eat your house, like the old no, ones that no. people are pulling out these days. Uh, it's not going to be a fire hazard. It'll just be a nice evergreen, right. low-maintenance, low-water ground cover. I wonder if it would climb up the side of your house. Why would it do that? I, well, I think it would be cool. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a juniper-covered house. <laughs> okay. I like that idea. <laughs> you do, huh? No flowers, by the way. No, but it does produce silver or <clears throat> silver to black berries. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, you could make gin. I, I, I like this. I mean, it, I don't, it's not the first ground cover hor- um, juniper's horizontalis no. that, that's on the market. There are others that are quite low, as low as this, and, and, uh, and work well, but not that popular. I'm not sure why. Well, junipers, because of the old Fitzer juniper, uh, junipers have gotten a bad name over the years. And you mentioned the word juniper, and people, you know, grimace. <laughs> grimace. Yeah. Um, but there's some perfectly good ones. There's a nice one that was introduced not long ago. I think it's Plant Select, the Woodward. Yeah, I know it's Plant yeah. Select. Yeah. It's an upright juniper. Yeah. Well, upright junipers here have a tendency to bust up in snowstorms. Yes. This one doesn't. Right. I think it's a scopularum, isn't it? I believe so. So it's a nice... It, it'll grow fairly tall. It's just a 15 or 20 feet, yep. but stays quite narrow. And it does not break up in snowstorms. Another and it's a one, nice green, too. Another one that has come out, hasn't, it's not through Plant Select. It comes from, I want to say, Taylor, by, a town by the name of Taylor. I think it's Nebraska. It's a juniperus. What's the eastern one? Virginiana. Thank you. Virginiana type. Uh, strictly upright. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you run across that, people, you might want to get that if you're looking for a strictly upright juniper that doesn't break up in the winter snows. Mm-hmm. Now, me, if I want something vertical, if I need an exclamation point in the garden <coughs> somewhere, I have a tendency to want to go to the um, weeping up that weeping um, white spruce. Yeah. It's it's one of my favorites. It's actually a Black Hills spruce. Mm-hmm. So there again, South Dakota, North yep. Dakota, yep. the Badlands yep. of the world. But this is a very narrow spruce. You know, eventually it might get five feet wide across at the base when it's mm-hmm. quite old. But it grows tall. And I'm expecting mine to get 20 feet tall. It grows maybe a foot or so a year. But it grows like a tiered wedding cake. It just has these... You know, like the Norfolk pine grows mm-hmm, with these tiered mm-hmm. branches, these tiered layers as it grows up, almost formal looking. Some of the weeping spruces are really abstract and weird and yeah. grow in strange and unusual shapes. This one is extremely symmetrical and it grows up. It makes, oh, you should have seen it with the snow on it just the other yeah, day. But it, was pretty it looked like icing <coughs> on the cake. Yep. It was just amazing. I have a big juniper in the backyard that looks that way, too. With, with certain kinds of snow. Not all snow, but certain mm-hmm. kinds. And this was a good snow for that. Yeah. Was, like you said, just glops of 
of icing hanging off. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Really very pretty. So let's see. What time is it? We should take a break, and then we'll come back and talk to Tom out in Arvada uh, about potting soil. A potting soil and a other, dirty subject. other things, too, when we get back here on Legends 810. Plants in general are good for the soul, and many studies show people are healthier and happier when surrounded by plants. You will find a nice selection of house plants and some great pots to add interest to your decor at Jared's Nursery and Garden Center. House plants not only add beauty to your living space, they make it healthier by removing toxins and pollutants from the air in your home. Spider plants, philodendron, dracaena, and peace lilies are just some of the common plants that can be great air purifiers. If you're having trouble with existing plants, the staff at Jared's can help you determine the problem and recommend a solution. Maybe the only good thing about COVID is that it resulted in many new gardeners. Jared's has a great selection of seeds, including heirloom and many unusual varieties of flowers and vegetables, tomatoes, peppers, sunflowers, zinnias, and others. Check out their website, jaredsgarden.com, for classes beginning February 5th to help as you plan for spring. Jared's Nursery and Garden Center is located on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Winter hours are 9 to 5, 7 days a week. They thank you for your support in 2021 and look forward to serving you in 2022. Advertise your product or service with the Garden Wise Guys, the most listened to radio gardening show in Colorado since 1994. Radio talk show hosts Keith Funk and Jim Borland are dedicated to supporting and promoting independent businesses and the products and services you sell. The reason for their success is they help their advertisers. This is a destination show every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m., simulcasting on both a.m. and f.m. People are gardening in larger numbers than ever, and radio advertising is timely, adaptable, targeted, and affordable. Listeners can catch the show at home, in the car, at work, and at play. On the radio, computer, or mobile device, the radio is there. Today's competitive marketplace demands an active medium, and that's radio, capable of stirring emotion, creating demand, and selling your product or service. Contact the Garden Wise Guys now. Email thegardenwiseguys at gmail.com. Thegardenwiseguys at gmail.com. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back here on Legends 810, the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys. And right now we have someone online. Yeah, Sean, would you bring up Tom out in Arvada? Good morning, Tom. Hello, Garden Wise Guys? Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Okay, uh, yeah, I plan on planting uh, strawberries in containers this spring. And I was wondering, what's a good brand of uh, potting soil to use for those? Well, I, I, my usual go-to is the uh, a brand that's uh, called Fertilome, and their particular one I use is called the Ultimate Potting Soil. Now, I have a, I, I particularly like that one, but if you wanted to go, it, it's a fairly light, lightweight soil. Um, if you want something a little heavier, uh, you might want to look at um, Fox Farm. They're, what they have one called Happy Frog. I don't know why it's called Happy Frog. I don't think there are dead frogs in it. But 
that it's a it's a really good quality organic based potting soil that's got all the mycorrhiza and stuff in it that are good for the root system but it's a little heavier it, it it'll hold on to water a little bit longer which might not be a bad idea for strawberries yeah yep okay and uh, uh when you're doing strawberries uh, should it be 100 percent potting soil or should yes. you add any dirt no i would add uh, no just plain potting soil i think is the best Okay. Yeah, if you're going to add anything, you might add a little compost. Now, this is in containers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're planting them in the in the ground, I don't recommend potting soil at all. I recommend just going with some good compost, like Jim said. So. Okay. And uh, uh, let's see. Now, what about ordering uh, ordering the strawberry plants online, or should you go to? Uh, Local garden center. I would go to a local garden center for one reason, is that uh, the garden centers carry the varieties that work best in our climate here. And, and strawberries are, uh, you know, you get June-bearing and you've got ever-bearing. I usually recommend the ever-bearing varieties because you get a nice crop in the spring and then it produces continually a smaller crop throughout the summer months. Um, but the, it, it, day length can affect them. Yes. And, and we're one of the northern sort of parts of the country, so you want to get varieties that are adaptable to our day lengths during the summer. And like Jim said, the garden centers will have that. Uh, varieties like Fort Laramie or Quinault, those are two excellent ones that grow here that do quite well. Uh, what were those again? Fort Laramie is one variety, and the other variety is Quinault, Q-U-I-N-A-L-T. Okay, Quinault. All right. And uh, uh, once you get the strawberries plants planted, uh, what, uh, how often should you water them? Oh, I'd water them any time they go dry. Whenever that happens, okay. you're, you're going to water less when you plant them and then more... Uh, during the heat of the summer. But regardless of how often, you always want to give them a good thorough soak all the way through, not just, not, not just a little bit of water every day, but give them a really thorough soak and then leave them alone until they're on the dry side. And in the spring, you can either buy them as bare root plants in bundles at the garden center, or if you're not familiar with growing plants from bare root, wait a little bit longer into late April or early May and you'll be able to buy them in like six packs or something like that, already growing and rooted in so that you don't have to worry about uh, losing any plants from bare root. Okay. And uh, what, when will we, what, uh, you know when the garden centers will have the plants available? No, you'll see the bare root ones starting to show up in March. And then the, the started plants you'll start to see in late April. Okay, well, uh, that, uh, that answers all my questions then. Thank you for and your simple. Be sure to feed them. Hot strawberries are very greedy, hungry plants. And if you're going to be growing them in containers, you're going to be responsible for supplying every bit of nutrition to those plants, just like you would if you had a baby. You know, it, they, they can't go out and find it themselves because they're restricted to a, to a pot. So you have to make sure that you're feeding them properly. Okay, when you say feed them, you mean like fertilizer? Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay, I will do that then. All right. Well, thank you for your call this morning, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye. <clears throat>
I was going to plant strawberries this year. I've got a spot in my vegetable garden where one of the trees has grown a little bit larger than I'd like, but I don't want to cut it back. And so it gets about half a day of shade. And I think strawberries might work. Yeah, they, they probably will work okay. Yeah. There was a Facebook posting Jim Marco Booman, who has a greenhouse operation outside of San Diego. Okay. But he showed a picture close to where he, he works of an entire field mm. of strawberries planted mm. out. And I, and I, I said, uh, Jim, why don't you tell the people, people how, what, what the process is in growing strawberries out in the field. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an involved process. They grow them out in the, f there's one crop they grow out in the field <clears throat> and they get to a certain stage and they take them all up and send them to Western Oregon or, or, or Washington where they're planted in the field. And when they get to a certain size, they dig them up again and bring them down to San Diego and plant them out. And then they do the harvesting there. Mm -hmm. And when they're done harvesting, after some period of time, they take a plow to them and plow them all up and start the process all over again. <laughs> that seems labor intensive. Yeah, yeah. One crop and they plow them under. I get a kick out of the pictures that I see on Facebook of people growing them in troughs mm -hmm. up, up in the air. Mm-hmm. Like, like rain gutter type troughs. <clears throat> yep. And then the fruit hangs down over the edges. Yes. I think that's a pretty clever I, thing is, to do. I, I, I want to try that one yeah. of these days. I, I don't think they keep those very long either. I can't imagine. I would think they'd outgrow that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking they get one good one good crop off of them. Uh, you know, they sort of peter out over the summer. And one good crop, and I think they just toss them and start over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the reasons they do that in the field is that they get diseases very quickly. Yeah, especially from, viruses that yeah, you viruses cannot get rid of. From leaf hoppers and mm -hmm. other things that get into them. They just, they just can't control them. And that reduces the plant vigor. Yeah. It reduces the amount of fruit that the plant can produce, the size and the quality yeah. of the fruit. So there's really no point in keeping Yeah, so it. even those you have in your yard, should you plant them in the ground or certainly in a pot, that may or may not make it through the winter. So you may have to replant every spring. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have them in your yard, don't keep them more than two years. Tear them up, throw them away. Don't even keep the runners. No. Because if they're virused, the virus will run completely through the plant into the runners, mm -hmm. into the little st yep. starts that come off to the side that you might want to save and replant. They'll still be diseased. Yeah. Now, in years past, they used to do just that. They'd leave them out in the field, and they'd go through and plant the runners while they're still attached to the mother plant. And once mm -hmm. they get rooted, they go in and plow up the mother plant. Right. And that, talk about labor-intensive. Cheapers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the figure is just cheaper to, <laughs> to to go through the process that I described. Correct. Because they can do that all with machines. Except in your yard. Except in your you yard. Have to use, you have to use fingers for that. Yeah. You don't want to bring a big John Deere tractor <laughs> in your yard. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Okay, we've got Irma on the line out in Arapaho waiting to talk to us. Good morning, Irma. Uh, good morning. Uh, before I forget, uh, do you know what's going on with those O'Toole's on Federal and Bellevue? I, I, I do know why. What's going on? What have you seen? Oh, I went by there, I guess it was last Sunday, and it looked like everything was gone. What? I all had the, no all idea. This, all that big lot out front with all the evergreens and, uh, yeah, and yeah. all up around the uh, store. 
It was empty. Almost empty. Really? My goodness. Well, you I'll have to call Chris and find out. Yeah, find out. You wouldn't see much outside the store this time of year. Um, but I would think the store itself would still be there. Well, the stores are there. Yeah. Uh, but that whole corner, you know, has been empty. They've tore down the restaurant, the whole shopping center. Oh, yeah. And, uh, some debate with Littleton about what's going on, going to go in there, uh, from what I remember hearing. Yeah, I used to go by that uh, once a week for years. Yeah. Uh, coming home from the old station we used to be on, I'd, I'd drive by there. Um, now, it's my understanding that O'Toole's owns the property they're on. They're not renting it or leasing it, so... I, I'm uh, curious as but to But that whole on. quarter used to be just mostly just a giant parking lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think the last time I was down there, it looked like they were doing something with the stuff that was right along Bellevue. But I, I don't know what. They were planning on putting in some kind of high-rise of apartments or well, what have you. And I, don't, I think that got, um, got nixed. Got nixed. The, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what's going on there. But I'll, I'll check with I'll check with them. There used to be a big Safeway there. Yeah. When we moved out here in '66, that's where I used to shop with that Safeway. Uh huh. At King Supers on uh, Federal and Bellevue, and uh, then they turned that Safeway into a school. And but like you, uh, O'Toole's has been there forever. I hate to see it go. Yeah, I would too. I oh. well, we keep losing garden centers in the metro area here. It's because of the price of land has gotten yeah. so high that it's almost worth just selling the land and not worrying about the income from the garden center anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering, if they're going to turn the whole area into high-rise apartment buildings, which well, those people around there have been protesting. Yeah, any more if you see a, a building going down or something being constructed, by and large, it's going to be an apartment house. It seems like it, doesn't and, it? And, and almost without fail, it's going to be an ugly-looking apartment house. <laughs> well, I didn't call about that, but when you, uh, I thought I'd better uh, ask before I forgot it. I have received uh, eight by four, uh, eight inch diameter and four inch deep planter. It had two hyacinth bulbs and an uh, amarilla bulb and a little uh, green type plant with some sort of ivy, I guess. And, uh, uh, like, the bulbs are sitting on top of the ground. The only thing, I don't even know what's in the bottom, to tell you the truth, but th- it's just the roots, you know, that are, they are not even in the soil, the bulbs. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, uh, they finished, they were beautiful. Uh, you can't believe how well, uh, the amarilla were at least six or more inches wide. And I had to prop them up because they were so heavy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So are those bulbs going to be, uh, should I just roll them away? You can replant them. Uh, a four-inch deep pot's not very deep for an amaryllis bulb. No, you, I You'll want to get a bigger, or a, a bigger pot and a deeper pot. And pot it up. Uh, leave about half the bulb above ground. How about the hyacinths? I'll tell you what, uh, Irma, we have to take a quick break here, but I'm going to put you on hold. And we'll get right back to you after the top of the hour, okay? Okay, thanks. And having done that, I'm just going to announce that we're going to be back pretty soon right here on Legends 810.